did you guys chat last week or yeah yeah, yeah. he mostly just trashed you because you weren't nice. there to defend yourself nice that's good <laughs> that's always good that, that's what we do when you're not around, Mike. Yeah, yeah. It's what we all do when when whoever's absent, we talk shit about. Hey, wait a minute! <laughs> you know, st- stupid gold Frieza and bomber jacket Avengers. <laughs> With your powers combined, we are fan holes. Go, go, go can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me. <laughs> oh boy, a Bashir episode. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women. Defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just want to know, who is the consultant? Who could he be? <laughs> no! I have no eyes! <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll okay. do it, but I want to be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> Derek, in your Derek layer, do you have a list of that tells you like how to take down the other fan holes? Should we like go crazy? <laughs> how does my stupid voice sound? You sound beautiful. Like ten times sexier. Good job. No one gets us because we don't explain it. Hey guys, this is Derek from the Fanholes Podcast. The following excerpts are actually going to be some after-podcast dialogue between myself, Mike, Tony, and Justin about Heroes Con 2017, which I just recently went to this weekend. And after the little clip between me and Tony, I'm going to play a series of trailers from everybody who was there that I got to meet and everybody that was involved. So sit back, enjoy this, and then after the series of trailers, there's about 30 minutes or so of me talking with Justin and Mike about Heroes Con and all the different artists and writers that I met down there. So sit back, enjoy, and listen. Take care, guys. It was a nice trip, and it was fun to meet everybody. Like, I mean, the only person I had ever done a podcast with before was was Rob Kelly, you know, so it's like it was the first time I actually met all these people face-to-face and got to have, like, real conversations with them and stuff. And, you know, one of the things that came up was I was just kind of like, you know, giggling to myself about is i'm like oh this is all like exclusive content you know for me (laughs) you know what i mean like like where you're like you know in on conversations and and getting to talk with people and everything so that was that was super fun you you get to basically hear them if they would hear us after we cut off the mic yeah 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 like exactly and then and then you know just hanging out with people like you know i mean pretty much like you know lunch and dinner and and even sometimes breakfast you know you get to go hang out with people and shoot the breeze and and you know by the end of it like i mean i i kind of felt like i had done you know by sunday i was like well i'm not I, i'm kind of tired of waiting in lines and getting things signed and all this other stuff and i really got everything that i wanted signed signed by that point like and i was like well maybe i'll get some more prints or maybe i'll do this and that but mainly i just ended up hanging out with people in line and you know just talking to people and and hanging out and having a last lunch or breakfast with people and and stuff like that and i i mean that was what made the trip because it was nice to you know like it's it's kind of like everything else like like remember that first night when we all got together and and it was like the whole you know we had been talking to each other on a message board for 
you know, 10 years. And then we finally actually sort of talked on Skype for the first time when we talked for like, you know, five hours straight, pretty much. I mean, it, it's kind of like that, but we were in love. Now we're just like, you know, like, Oh, Hey, what's up? What's good? <laughs> what I mean is like, take that a step further and like, Oh, you've listened to people on a show and you all have the same similar, you know, interests, or at least, you know, within the same ballpark, you have a good shorthand with everybody. You know, you may not be as passionate about diecast Batmobiles. You you may <laughs> not love diecast Batmobiles as much as Tony Jackson, but you you appreciate you know Batmobiles, and and you have the shorthand to know what a Batmobile is, or what the difference between Hot Wheels and Eagle Moss is. You're like, okay, I I got you, I get it. and Water Podcast, a weekly show about movies old and new, hosted by obsessive movie nerd Rob Kelly and a rotating series of special guests. From sci-fi to horror, dramas to family films, comedies to adventure epics, we watch it all. The Film and Water Podcast is part of the Fire and Water family of podcasts, available weekly at fireandwaterpodcast.blogspot.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Aquaman and Firestorm fighting crime together. Soak them down or burn them up. No one does it better. Whenever you find trouble, they'll always be there to catch them in a bubble or even torch their hair. Stand for truth and justice and see on land and air. Firestorm and Aquaman, they make a super pair. The Fire and Water Podcast. Celebrating Aquaman, King of the Seven Seas, and Firestorm, the Nuclear Man. Available weekly on Aquaman Trine, Firestorm Fan, and on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag, here to talk about Firestorm. Along with me is my co-host, Rob Kelly, here to talk about some guy that talks to fish. Really? You're going to pull this crap during the promo? Bad enough, I have to put up with your shenanigans every week, but... Are you a geek looking for love? Do you long to find discussion on that special comic, TV, episode, movie, or toy that's just right for you? Then why not try Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast? Chris and Cindy Franklin can match you with that certain something to satisfy your genre-related longings, no matter the subject. Superheroes. But Robin's like, that was really nice of you, Batman. It's like, I had the room loaded with kryptonite. I can turn it on at any moment. <laughs> and here's the thing. It's, you're talking about... Now, think about this. It's an apartment building owned by Batman. Do you not think that Batman doesn't have their place but Sci-fi. I don't know. You talk about being a sex symbol and stuff like that. I mean, I know a lot of girls thought, you know, William Shatner was it, but I had a, the biggest crush on George Takai. I, 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 I did. I thought, you know... Sorry about that. Horror. And then when we see the Wolfman for the first time, he's in, I don't know, we don't know. A long sleeve shirt shirt and a dark pair of pants. Pants with a belt. With a belt. belt. That's right. (laughs) And his shirt's buttoned up all the way, too. Yeah, yeah. And his arms. So after he changes into this ferocious beast who can't talk and doesn't seem to be able to think beyond just attacking things, 
He has lots of dexterity. He went through his closet and... I like this outfit better. Action figures. I actually had all the figures and all the accessories up to a certain point. I really literally did collect them all, you know. Including Shira. I was going to get to that, but... Meh. Chris and Cindy have found their own happiness through discussions like this. I could be friends with him. I could be down with this version of the ultra-humanoid. You could be friends with the dude who put his brain inside a mutated albino ape. I married you! <laughs> oh. If you're tired of searching for geek love, then sign up with Supermates for free at supermatescomic.blogspot.com or on iTunes. Warlord Worlds, a fan podcast devoted to the comic creations of Mike Grell, including Warlord, John Sable, Star Slayer, Shaman's Tears, and Green Arrow. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. Join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in the many excellent comics from writer and artist Mike Grell. Warlord Worlds is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Find us at warlordworlds.com. Sawate. My name is Stella, and I am the host of Backroll to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. Backroll to Oracle is a podcast dedicated to Barbara Gordon, the first woman to hold the mantle of Backroll for an extended period of time, roughly 1967 to 1988. The goal of Backroll to Oracle is to examine the character's history from her first appearance as Backroll and continuing through her tenure as Oracle. Each episode looks at a vintage issue of Detective Comics or Batman, as well as other books like Justice League and Freedom Fighters and modern issues of Batgirl and Birds of Prey. I also keep track of news involving Batgirl and other members of the Bat family, and I have a revolving series of segments like Babs in the Tube, which highlights appearances of Babs in TV and film, Shipper Spotlight, which looks at a variety of comic and pop culture couples, gives their history, and determines whether they are hot or not, Reading with Stella, which could be described as an audio drama, or just me reading a book that relates to Babs or doesn't, and of course, the mainstay literature recommendation. I have been blessed to interview writers Scott Beatty and Chuck Dixon on their Backroll Year One work, Brian Q. Miller on his Backroll run, Dwayne Swarzynski and Christy Marks on their separate Birds of Prey work, and the creators and actors of the Backroll Spoiled, the web series. I hope to interview more creators and actors in the future. My goal, most importantly, is to make a fun, entertaining, and thoughtful show that people enjoy and from which they learn. Find the show online at thebatmanuniverse.net and iTunes, and follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Batgirl to Oracle. Thank you, and fly on, Babs lovers. It's a small world after all. Great comics come in all shapes and sizes. Coming soon from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. It's Digest Cast, a new show dedicated to our beloved pocket-sized treasures from that bygone era of the 70s and 80s. Hosted by the Fire and Water Podcast team of Robin Shag, and we'll be joined from time to time by special guests. 
It's Digest Cast because big things come in small packages. Coming soon to the Fire and Water Podcast Network. It was a golden age. Our Martian civilization was at the height of its peace and prosperity. White Martians came from beneath the planet's surface, bringing fire from the planet's guts, and they burned us all. I lost my family. Came to Earth when my civilization was destroyed. Detective John Jones is what you might call my human alter ego. I'm not the only thing from outer space that's come, but right now I'm the only thing that can stop alien invasion. My name is John Jones. Also known as the Martian Manhunter. I'm Mars' sole survivor. There's a reason for that. I will defend Earth. Batman Nightcast, a thrilling new podcast from the Fire and Water Podcast Network, hosted by Ryan Daly and Chris Franklin. Nightcast chronicles the Cape Crusaders' adventures in Batman and Detective Comics after Crisis on Infinite Earths. Highlights from this legendary era include Batman number 400, Legends, Mike Barr and Alan Davis, Batman Year One, Batman Year Two, Max Allen Collins, Ugh. Um, the new Jason Todd, Ugh. Millennium? You're not doing this right. Let me take over. Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park? Did you hear me say Norm freaking Brayfogle? Oh, yeah. Son of the Demon. The Killing Joke. A Death in the Family. Batman Year 3. A Lonely Place of Dying. Alan Grant, Alan Davis, Max Allen Collins. Why are there so many people named Alan from this era of Batman? The Rise of Tim Drake. Legends of the Dark Knight. And that's just up until 1989. Did anything exciting happen with Batman after that? You'll have to tune in to find out. Batman Nightcast, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Find it on iTunes and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Oh, we forgot to mention your favorite issue, when Batman fires Dick Grayson. You want to find another co-host? Justice League International, Blah Ha Ha Podcast. A new monthly show chronicling the adventures of the JLI era by Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis. We'll be going issue by issue, in release order, tackling the core Justice League title, Justice League Europe, and the quarterly book. Along the way, we'll take time out for special episodes covering various spin-offs, cartoon appearances, the infamous TV pilot, and much more. So join me in an ever-changing roster of guest hosts as we celebrate your favorite JLI members, such as... Martian Manhunter. Batman. Doctor Fate. Black Canary. Fire. Ice. Maxwell Lord. Oberon. Captain Marvel. Rocket Red. Captain Adam. Mr. Miracle. Guy Gardner. Booster Gold. Blue Beetle. Nort! And many, many more. Justice League International, Blah Ha Ha Podcast, coming March 2016 as part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Want to make something of it? Director Fury, the internet is besieged with lame, lifeless podcasts. What we need is a hard-charging, foul-mouthed band of brothers with chemistry, big brains on comics, and personality. Personality goes a long way. What we need is the Marvel Superheroes Podcast. I'm a legal machine. Diablo Frank. And I am Mr. Fixit. Nick, internet radio is saved. Get this motherfucking podcast off motherfucking iTunes. The Marvel Superheroes podcast can also be found on Shout Engine, Stitcher, the Internet Archive, and on Rolled Spine Podcasts blogs. It's midnight.
Hello, listeners. It's your friend, PJ Frightful. That's PJ as in podcast jockey. And I'm dropping dreadful new episodes every two weeks. When the clock strikes midnight, the podcasting hour shines a candle on the dark corners of DC Comics. Those supernatural sagas of Swamp Thing, Dead Man, The Spectre, and more. The Podcasting Hour. It's a rotating anthology series boasting the terrifying talents of Ryan Daly, Rob Kelly, Paul Hicks, Ben Avery, Doug Zavisha, and other unfortunate souls. Prepare for the unexpected, open a doorway to nightmare, and enter the houses of mystery and secrets. The moon is full, and the dark spirits are rising. For it's midnight, the podcasting hour. Coming this Halloween, part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Beware. Xenophiles, a fan podcast devoted to the comic series Xenozoic Tales. It's a post-apocalyptic adventure series filled with Cadillacs and dinosaurs. I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. We hope you'll join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in this excellent comic series from creator, writer, and artist Mark Schultz. Xenozoic Xenophiles is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. And find us at xenozoicxenophiles.com. Want to hear the origin of Superman or Batman? Of course not. You're listening to a geek culture podcast. You know the origins of Superman and Batman. You've always known them. Your unborn grandchildren know the origins of Superman and Batman. But what about Guy Gardner, Blue Beetle, or the Phantom Stranger? What about Firestorm, Sandman, or the Golden Age Fury? Those are just a few of the stories covered in the Secret Origins podcast, a review show dedicated to the Secret Origins comic published by DC in the 1980s. Each episode of the Secret Origins podcast features me, Ryan Daly, and an all-star collection of guest hosts revealing or revisiting the legends of the DC superheroes and villains. And if you're already sick of hearing my voice on this promo, the good news is at least 50% of the talking on the Secret Origins podcast is done by a terrific guest from the podcast and blogging community. So check out the Secret Origins podcast, available on iTunes and at secretoriginspodcast.wordpress.com. Welcome to the world of tomorrow! <laughs> The Legion of Superheroes through the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, the Baxter series, five years later, the reboot, the three-boot, the retro-boot, the animated series. We have banded together as the Legion of Super Bloggers to cover it all. Seek us out at legionofsuperbloggers.blogspot.com. always have to say it that way. Haven't you ever heard of a little thing called showmanship? Oh, 
adolescents this generation have no respect and are a far cry from my sweet Jane Eyre and her friend Helen Burns. Why, just this afternoon I was Stella. Across, and and you know what, men too. Well, uh, uh, Stella. Men like the tragic Mr. Rochester and teachers, pa. They're all like the villainous Mr. Brocklehurst. Hey, Stella! Uh, yes, Thomas? As much as I enjoy, um, indulging your insanity, uh, we have a promo to record. Oh dear, and what might that be? That is you and I telling everyone that we have a brand new podcast out there. It's called Required Reading with Tom and Stella. Once a month, we will take a look at a single work of literature, discuss it, analyze it, and determine if it's worth its place in the canon. Oh dear, that sounds delightful. Oh, I'm sure it will be. And you can find us on the Two True Freaks Network, which is at twotruefreaks.com. Oh yes, required reading with Tom and... Why is it Tom and Stella? Why can't it be Stella and Tom? It rolls off the tongue better? Okay. Well, that was easy. So... Required reading with Tom and Stella at com. Thanks for contributing to the promo there. You did a great job. Oh, you are so welcome. I'm Diablo Frank, and I've been a fan of the Amazing Amazon for my entire life. To be truthful, I'm not a typical fan of the Paradise Island set. I'm not big on mythology, and I'm highly critical of the most popular Themyscirian stories. I like it when Wonder Woman loses her powers and hangs out with a tiny blind Asian martial arts master named Ai Ching, or when she works at Taco Bell and helps collect child support for a co-worker from a deadbeat mafioso dad, or when she rides around on kangaroo ponies from outer space and is a little too into bondage and spanking for the squares. Wonder Woman is great, but I really miss Diana Prince, the reminder that the heroine feels and fails and bleeds like the rest of us. That's why I call my podcast about her Diana Prince Wonder Woman, because I like to remember there's a woman behind all that wonder. And I'd like to talk about her if you care to listen on iTunes, Shout Engine, and the Internet Archive. Do you think of yourself primarily as a singer or as a poet? Well, I think of myself more as a song and dance man, you know. <laughs> call him Lucky Wilbur. You may call him Bobby. You may call him Zimmy. But the world calls him Bob Dylan. It's Pod Dylan, the only podcast dedicated to celebrating the work of Bob Dylan. Pod Dylan, hosted by the freewheeling Rob Kelly and a roster of special guests, examines Bob Dylan's discography one song at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, Pod Dylan is available weekly at fireandwaterpodcast.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Automa, Argus, Automa, Ballistic, Cardinal Sin, Channelman, Chimera, Edge, Freight Train, Geist, Gunfire, Hackrat, Harry Force, Man, Hook, Jam, Joe Public, Loria, Crack, Layla, Lionheart, Loose Cannon, Megabiter, Mongoloid, Myriad, Nightblade, Output, Pass, Prism, Razor Shark, Rodney Jane, Samaritan, Shadow Strike, Slick Shot, Smart Shot, Terrorist, 
Smith. Wow, that's a lot of radical trademark names. And you may not have heard of any of them, but they were all introduced in DC Comics' 1993 Summer Annuals. Most went on to figure into more stories within their four-color universe. Many earned their own spotlight series, and one became a cult hit from acclaimed creators. While the comics of the 1990s are often derided, for me, as a longtime comic book reader, I found a deepened fandom and a safe harbor from the Chromium Age in the DCU. I fell in love with the history and legacy found in generations of heroic mantles, and my journey into this continuity largely began with Bloodlines. Join me, Diablo Frank, as I explore the more overlooked areas of DC Comics' superheroes, beginning with an early 90s intellectual property generating stunt and fanning outward towards other obscurities and icons from throughout decades of sequential art stories all flowing through the DC Bloodlines. Podcast available on iTunes, Shout Engine, and the Internet Archive. Black Canary. I'll need a sparring partner. I'm Zatanna. Why do you care about some leggy dame in nylons? Or have I answered my own question? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for magic. Black Canary and Zatanna. Together in one podcast. I'm Ryan Daly, and I've got a thing for superheroes in fishnet stockings. That's why I started Power of Fishnets, a Black Canary and Zatanna podcast. Join me every two weeks as I celebrate the Blonde Bombshell and the Mistress of Magic in their exciting adventures published by DC Comics. Power of Fishnets, available on iTunes and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Two hundred and twenty-nine different characters spanning the galaxies of the Legion of Superheroes, presented across seven comic book issues. A new miniseries as part of the Who's Who podcast. To handle this many characters, the Irredeemable Shag is bringing in a ringer, or maybe we should call them flight ringers. Who's who in the Legion of Superheroes? Who's who in the Legion of Who's who in the Legion of Superheroes? The Legion of Superheroes. In the Legion of Superheroes. The Legion of Superbloggers team up to present Who's Who in the Legion of Superheroes, a three-episode miniseries in 2017, part of the Who's Who podcast on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Long live the Legion. Trekker Talk fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of Trekker Comics by creator, writer, and artist Ron Randall. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. We'll be discussing the stories, characters, and art in this excellent retro sci-fi adventure series, as well as having side conversations about other areas of fandom. We hope you'll join us as we travel from the dangerous back streets of New Gallif to the depths of outer space and everywhere in between. Trekker Talk is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Find us at trekkertalk.com. Calabac, Desaad, it is I, Darkseid. I command you to listen to the Who's Who podcast. Uncover the powers and weaknesses of the Super Friends so that I may destroy them. 
Aquaman and Superman, Animal Man and Plastic Man, Firestorm and Nuclear Man, Batman and Hawkman, 2D Man and Hour Man. Who are all these people, man? They're all part of the DC. Who's who? Ultra Boy and Booster Gold, Lightning Lass and Hippolyta, Phantom Stranger, Hedrick and Arisia and Woozy Winks. Hey, hey, hey. What? What about that one guy? What guy? Mr. Pretzel, Mr. Lipstick, Mr. Mitzelfuzzle? Mr. Mitzi's Pitlick? Yeah, him. He's also part of the DC. Who's who? Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe. Available monthly at fireandwaterpodcast.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Once upon a time, five friends who met on the Bot Talk Transformers forum set out to develop a podcast dedicated to their various interests. Transformers, science fiction, fantasy, and comic books. Part fanboys and part assholes, they came to be known as the Fanholes. Their unbridled enthusiasm for podcasting did not end there, and soon enough, their proper podcast spun off into the Fanholes network of podcasts. Besides our podcast proper, the Fanholes soon had a continuum of genre-specific, focused shows such as Mobile Suit Mondays, Transformers Tuesdays, Toku Thursdays, and Sentai Saturdays. New weekly content can be found on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. Fanholes Podcast, the pop culture podcast, made for the fans, by the fans. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much got what I set out to get, so, that I mean, it basically, except for the, like, I guess Tim Sale canceled and Tom Rainey canceled, but other than those two guys, like, everything I brought with me, I got signed, and then, you know, there were a couple extra things I got, like prints and books and different things like that. So. Yeah, was that Scarlet Spider print, like, made available by Ron Lim, or? Uh, it, it was uh, Tom Lyle, but yeah. Oh, that, or Tom Lyle, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, he, he had that at his table. That's what I figured. I was like, I don't remember seeing, ever seeing that. But He said, he said it was a variant cover of one of the recent books. So oh, maybe. Since, yeah. since I wasn't, since I wasn't really reading or paying attention to that recent book like i know i know you are but but i i i just kind of nodded my head and said oh okay that's awesome you know it must have been like an incentive incentive cover yeah or something that's what he mentioned so and and i was just kind of like you know i i think i told him i was like well you know if you had a print of the you know peanut butter and jelly starman i would have gotten that but since since you have scarlet spider here I'll, i'll get that and it'll make my my podcast buddy's happy, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was cool. I enjoyed it. Did you meet anyone new? I mean, pretty much. Like, I mean, for the most part, like, you you mean in terms of just, like, people I went there to go hang out with or people that I, like, in terms of, like, because... Like I mean, artists and yeah, like I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's kind of, the, the answer's kind of yes all around the board. You know, like, I mean, I don't think I had ever met anybody... Uh, who I got stuff signed there before. Oh, that's cool. Like the longest ass line, which everybody who went there will confirm, was Jerry Ordway's because it was just like he was. It was weird. He was he first. There was a big long ass line where he was doing sketches and signing stuff for people, and then they got the bright idea to do like a sketch line and just a regular old signing line. 
And then the signing line went a little quicker, so I jumped out of that into the signing line and eventually got to them. But, like, some of the people that were waiting there to just get sort of, like, in a queue to have a sketch requested, like, I mean, it just took a really long time and then he had to actually draw it too so it's like it seemed like yeah. most of the people who stood in line on friday got their sketch on sunday but anybody who you know s tried to stand in the line on saturday and sunday they kind of you know basically had to sort of accede to the idea that you know oh i'm gonna get some stuff signed but there's no way in hell you know he's gonna have a sketch ready for me by the time i'm ready to leave this this convention. But yeah, the, I mean, basically everybody there, like, cause it was like Ron Martz and Daryl Banks. I got them to sign the Green Lantern Silver Surfer poster, Ty Templeton, Tom Lyle. One of the guys that was friends of Rob Kelly, his name's Tom Zoller. Like, I guess they went to the Kubert school together. So like he was there selling his love and capes and, and other stuff that he had worked on. So I, I bought two of his books and he signed those for me. The, the Roy Thomas line was pretty long too. But it, I think it was just by virtue of the thing, the idea that, like, when I woke up, because he was only there on Saturday, so, like, tons of people were queued up to already, you know, get him to sign stuff, like, early in the morning. So I think by the time I rolled out of bed and got there at, like, 10.30, he had a panel at 11, which we went to. And then by the time I tried to get into the line, you know, one of the, I guess, you know, con attendees or whatever you call them, you know, the guys that were sort of trying to manage fire hazards and stuff like that was like, oh, you know, we, we capped the line because he has this, you know, this panel at 11, you know, and I went, oh, okay. So I couldn't get in the line the first round, but I think once that panel finished, I just went downstairs and got into the line and, you know, waited it out. And then, you know, he signed that America versus the Justice Society poster for me. Cool. Yeah. And then, How old is Roy Thomas now? He, I don't know. He must be up there. Cause yeah. I wasn't looking, but I mean, you know, I mean, for the most part, like, yeah, he was just, what, after Stan Lee and those guys. So, I mean, you know, it's like he, 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 he gave a pretty decent panel because it was like they had the guy, Michael Yuri, who does all those kind of, you know, magazine publications you know all the tomorrow stuff so that's that was what that panel was about but i i think a lot of the guys on the fire and water network all at well not all of them but a lot of them at one point or another wrote articles for like back issue magazine and stuff like that so it's like they they stuck around just to say hi to michael yuri to like say hello to him like in person you know instead of like you know, communicating with them, I assume, through, like, emails and different things like that, you know, when they were, you know, published in that magazine. That was, you know, I, I thought all that stuff was pretty cool. And, and he, he was a pretty nice guy. Like, you know, he, he told some funny-ass stories, which I don't know if he's told them over and over again, but I thought they were pretty funny. Like, he told this story. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but he told this story about, like, they were talking about basically, you, you know how, like, Shang-Chi's dad is Fu Manchu or whatever and yeah. like like so so they were talking about like how the, basically he's like you know the reason why like you know Fu Manchu was really Shang-Chi's dad and you're like thinking like oh well isn't it part of the storyline and all this stuff but it, it, it the way Roy Thomas tells it it's like this this kind of backhanded in joke or whatever where like cuz I guess at the time at DC 
you know, they were saying, oh, you know, Carmine, you know, because they're talking about Carmine Infantino, you know, they're like, Carmine, you know, like, Kung Fu is like the big craze right now. Like, you know, there's movies about Kung Fu, like people like Bruce Lee, like there's all this, you know, and, and of course we've got, you know, it's it's like, you know, Marvel's trying to put together their books and, you know, Iron Fist and whatever, you know, all this kind of Kung Fu stuff. So, like, basically, like, I guess... The, the, and and so Roy Thomas is telling this story where Carmine Infantino is like, you know, you know Marvel's doing you know, kung fu comic books. So so when it was voiced to him like, oh maybe DC should be doing, you know, kung fu comic books too. So Carmine said, well if they do kung fu, we'll do Fu Manchu, and like it, it, it was like that. Basically, Roy just explains it as something screwy that like Carmine Infantino said. But like nobody really took him seriously or or whatever. Like it was just it was just something he said. Like where it's like it was almost like okay, well whether they do kung fu books or not, he just said that at the time. But like you know, and Roy Thomas is like, I don't know what that means, but he's like, but he's like when I when but he had heard about it, I guess through the grapevine or whatever, right? So when he when he heard that, he's like. He, he, I think he went to like whoever the, you know, whoever the licensing people were at the time when Shang-Chi was about to get started. And he's like, could we get the license to do Fu Man? Like, can we put Fu Manchu in our Shang-Chi comic book and everything? And, and uh, I guess, you know, they worked it all out. So like the, the way Roy Thomas explains it is the only reason why Fu Manchu, well, you know, I guess one of the reasons why Fu Manchu is in Shang-Chi is because Carmine Infantino said, that they were going to do Fu Manchu over at DC. So like, it was almost like, like one of these things where yeah. it's like, it, it was supposed to be this private little, you know, in joke or whatever. And like, but what I kept thinking of is like, well, these days it's like Carmen Infantino must be laughing in his grave because he's like, haha, like all this rights bullshit where it's like super hard to reprint, you know, yeah. masters of kung fu because of that you know it's like it's like he's probably the one having the last laugh but i, I thought that was a funny story though <laughs> that that is cool i've never heard of that before and then like i guess ty templeton was tickled that i still had like the the really ancient looking poster this was the one that hung up in my apartment and in my room when i was a kid and everything and so like the colors all faded and you know it's it's folded the wrong way and everything like that and so basically like what I had shown him was I was like, look, I was like, I brought you this really nice, clean version of it, you know, where the color's not faded and everything for you to sign. But I was, just, you know, it was like one of those things like where you're like showing your cred where you're like, look, I've had this for the last, you know, 25 years or whatever. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, he seemed he seemed pretty tickled that I had that for so long. What was weird, though, was he, he kind of went into this thing about how that magazine was a subscription only magazine and it was actually outselling the regular Batman adventure comics. But since it was subscription only, like that wasn't sort of accounted for like in diamonds stats or whatever. So it was hard to, you know, get recognition for it or whatever. But like, I, it, it was weird cause he asked me where I got it. And I was like, I could have sworn I bought this from a Toys R Us. Like, Kind of like how they used to sell those. Remember, like those those He Man and the Masters of the Universe magazines or whatever. Like, I I could have sworn I got this from a Toys R Us, and I was like, I wonder if Toys R Us subscribed to it or whatever. But you know, but the the way he 
kind of painted it was, you know, that it was just a subscription only magazine. But I was like, if it was a subscription, then I would have gotten like every single issue. And I, I feel like I only sporadically, you know, like I remember that that was from the first issue. And then I had a few other issues because I think there's like, I'm trying to remember how many issues there were, but I think it was like there were eight or nine magazines total or maybe more than that. But the, but I, I just remember I, I didn't have every single one of them. You know, it was like I only yeah. had a few. I remember buying a couple of issues like we, we were on vacation in Chattanooga and we went to some newsstand or something. And I bought a couple of issues and read them at the hotels. And those were the only two I ever had. So I don't you know, maybe maybe that newsstand had a subscription or something. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, or or I guess it could be as simple as like somebody had a subscription, they sold it to the comic store, and then you ended up getting it, or maybe that's how I ended up getting. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I it's hard for me to remember all the details, but I I I could swear that I got that issue from Toys R Us though. But maybe my my mind's playing tricks on me or whatever. Is that gold face in the corner? Yeah, there? yeah, that's gold face. <laughs> yeah, that that's what was cool because at the time, I mean, the only thing that was on TV was Batman. You know, the Batman animated yeah, series. Yeah, like someone so, must have really liked Goldface because he was in like Unlimited too. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's like most of those designs. Like, I mean, you know, yeah, the Batman characters all are sort of on model, but then the rest of them are just kind of interpretations of the current DC universe, but in that animated form. Cause like, if you notice like Lex Luthor's got the, it's the Aussie Lex with like the beard and the red hair and everything. It was like the, you know, the clone who stole Luthor's brain or, you know, whatever you want to call him. But you know, like the obviously, and then like the power girl, like that's totally from, you know, justice league international or whatever. And you know, that, that tweaked outfit and, you know, it, it's Hal Jordan with his little Reed Richards, you know, gray temples and all that kind of stuff. And and Mitzelplik, I guess, is quote unquote off model because he had never been on, you know, obviously the, the Superman animated series hadn't even aired yet. So they were using the, the orange and purple version, not the, you know, McGurk, you know, from the, the original appearance. And then it was funny because I was I was sort of Internet famous for like five minutes before we went to the the Roy Thomas panel because there was a guy who a long time ago asked me to do something for one of his YouTube channels and I did and I sent it to him and then I don't think he ever used it but what was funny was he he, he started calling out my name and he's like Derek and I'm like yeah and I didn't recognize him at first because I think when I had seen his videos he went by the name Manga Matt and he would review like you know manga basically but like like when I had seen him on his videos, he had a full head of hair and he was clean shaven, but now he was like, you know, shaved bald and had a beard, you know? So I was like, I didn't recognize him at first. And then, and then eventually I was like, Oh, Hey, what's up, dude? And so it was kind of funny that like he recognized me or whatever and said hello and stuff. Cause I, I, I there were, there were a couple people who mentioned, I think after the fact that watch history of comics on film and they were like, Hey, you were like in my town. You know, so I was like, oh, OK, <laughs> that's cool. Did you um, talk to Charles Sullivan? I did. I did. I told him that I really liked this Swamp Thing run. And, I, you know, obviously I got him to sign that Superman Wonder Woman thing because it was the only kind of postery thing I could find with his name on it that I 
you know, felt like, okay, I read this, I liked it, you know, like that kind of thing. And, and, you know, he said, thank you for, you know, saying that I enjoyed his work and everything. But that, I mean, that's kind of, it, it was interesting because him and Jason Aaron for a while had really, really long lines. And then I, I managed to sort of gauge it properly where I sort of swooped in when a new line was starting. So I didn't have a really long wait for either of them because otherwise I think I would have been, because the, the the ones that were the most frustrating were Jerry Ordway had a really long line, but by the time he got up, he was a nice guy, signed your stuff, and that was that. Alan Davis had a long-ass line, and, like, finally meeting him kind of sucked because, like, I, I basically told this story, like, a, a billion times, but I'll tell you guys, too, because it, it's kind of funny. But basically, like, the Alan Davis line was kind of like the Roy Thomas line where they were constantly capping it during the day, depending on where he was. And then I think he was coming back from like lunch or a panel or something like that. So you'd think like you, you walk up to the table and you're like, Oh shit, there's only like two or three people here. Great. I'll get the back of the line. And the person at the back of the line usually nicely tells you, Hey, you know, everyone else is lined up over at gate six. And, and, you know, basically they're, they're splitting, you know, basically they're moving this really large ass line from the aisles and the tables. So not to cause a fire hazard. And they're just bringing up, you know, a couple people at a time to either get a sketch or get their stuff signed or whatever it is. So then you just go, oh, okay, thanks, dude. You know, at the back of the line, who's, you know, informing me on what the hell's going on. Cause you know, most people don't. And then you go to the back of the, this gate line. And then there's somebody there that tells you, all right, Alan Davis is here. You can get, you know, up to 10 books signed. If it's more than one copy of the same book, he wants to charge you. And if it's a miracle man book, from Eclipse, he won't sign it because he never got paid for the work from Eclipse. So he'll refuse mm. to sign that book if you bring it for him to sign. And so I'm sitting there going, well, I got an Excalibur poster, so none of that shit applies to me. And I kind of filter it all out. And it's a pretty big line. And it's about, I don't know, maybe one thirty, two o'clock, I'm guessing. Some, something like that. And, and so... I'm waiting. And then eventually, like a lot of people, you know, in a lot of these long lines, you know, maybe they're only there for one day or they got other things to do. And so they check out the line. And so eventually it's me and this guy in front who's been there the whole time, who's been waiting like three hours. And he's kind of, you know, basically kind of saying how he's been there, you know, most of the day waiting to get the Alan Davis signature. And, you know, he, he brought like, copies of the nail you know that elseworld story or whatever for him to sign and and you know i'm kind of like okay that's cool and everything and also he kind of mentions how he's only gonna be at the con for saturday you know just this one day and whereas you know me i'm like there all three days and that kind of thing and i'm just chilling out and you know if something had come up i might have left the line but basically the only thing i had on my plate was I knew I was going to meet Rob Kelly later to record that episode of his show because we were going to talk about Tales from the Dark Side, the movie on his show, and he was going to meet me at my hotel room and we we're going to record it and, and, you know, basically do a show then. And so I knew, you know, basically, oh, well, I've got until four o'clock basically is what I was thinking. And so I'm sitting there, it's like 2.30 and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll be done by then. And so we're waiting and waiting and waiting and maybe... 10 minutes before four o'clock, I text Rob and just say, Hey, I think they're about to let us up front, you know, to, to start getting stuff signed. They cut off because they 
again, had two different lines, like one for signatures and one for just signing stuff. And so I was like, well, they cut off the sketch line, you know, and, and so, and I was like, they're going to let some of us up here in a few minutes. I may be a little late, you know, like I might not be at my hotel room exactly at four o'clock. And so he's like, yeah, no big deal. You know, we'll, we'll, you know, and I said, look, I'll just text you, you know, once I get back up to the hotel room or whatever. And so they're like, all right, we're going to let, you know, the next batch of four people, which I was in with this guy in front of me who'd been waiting there all day, you know, and so they let us up front. And before he signs anybody's stuff, I guess some other professional had just gotten out of a panel and he wants to reconnect with Alan Davis or whatever. So he goes up there and they start chatting and you can tell, like, they're not going to stop talking. And he's not drawing and he's not signing anything. He's just shooting the breeze with this guy. And so the guy in front of me kind of gets a little irritated because he's kind of like, look, I've been here all day. Like, and he, he tries to say it in a nice way, but of course it does rub everybody the wrong way. But at the same time, he's just voicing what everybody else was kind of, you know, thinking like my time's valuable too. You know, I, I don't want to just stand here until you guys are finished. Like, can't you, I don't know, sign stuff while you chat with him or can't you, you know what I mean? Like just do something. And I guess Alan Davis already has a rep for not liking to do cons and being kind of a, a grumpy grump or whatever. So what was funny was I felt like by the time I got up there, it was like th that guy had already kind of put him in a sour mood and I was right behind him. And so like when he pulls out those six, the nail books for him to sign, I felt like the way he signed them was like, Scribble, scribble, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And then, and then, and then I kind of walked up behind him with my Excalibur posters, like, hi, Mr. Davis, nice to meet you. And it's like, and fuck you, you know, like, so, but I was just kind of like one of those things where I was like, well, I got it signed and, you know, got it done in time. And, you know, I went and recorded the show or whatever, but it was, it was one of those things where I did have my dad's voice in the back of my head, like kind of going, Look at that signature. It's just a scribble. It doesn't even look like his name, like the way he signed it on the actual poster. Like, you know, like, how could you even tell it's him? You know, like, so it was like that. That was like one of those things where I was just kind of like, but th those like Ordway's line and Roy Thomas's line were long, but it was nice when you finally got up there. Alan Davis's line was long and it was just like, you know, basically saying, all right, look, I've, I've met the guy and, and he signed, you know, a poster you know, with Excalibur stuff on it. And that was about the end of it. But like, those were the lines that were like super long, but everybody else, like, like I said, I did get to talk to like Hickman and Charles soul and Jason Aaron just briefly, but you know, I, I didn't want to be rude to anybody who was behind me or whatever, which, you know, mainly it just consisted of telling Hickman. I liked his Avengers run and telling Charles soul. I really liked his swamp thing run. And I got Jason Aaron to sign that amazing X-Men poster or whatever and it seemed like a lot of people were there based on the strength of like some of his other books like they had a, a panel on southern bastards and i guess that was the book that everybody was kind of raving about and stuff and i had never read it so it was like one of those things where i was like oh i had been meaning to read scalp too and i still haven't read that so it's like i guess that put a couple things on my you know on my list you know that i should i should check out at some point some of the people i met there ended up giving me that trekker book because that was the guy ron randall he was like one of the guys at the con and so like they actually gifted like a whole bunch of people that latest 
trade, basically, you know, kind of going, hey, you know, go to Ron's table, say hi to him and, you know, you know, make sure you get this signed and it'll be cool and all that kind of stuff. And they were really nice. Like, I, I felt kind of weird because I was like, oh, I hope they don't think I just grabbed this off the, you know, their display. <laughs> and I'm like, here, sign this or whatever. But it was funny because the guy's wife even mentioned because so many people had been coming up before the, the gift trades and stuff like that. So they, they totally... They totally knew. Lee Weeks was doing like card tricks for people and Joe Staten was cool, except for the fact that like the guy in front of me had like all 19 fucking issues of the goddamn Huntress and <laughs> and the trade and he wanted fucking poor Joe Staten to sign every fucking one of them. And I was just like, come on, man, like, can't you just pick like one fucking comic like, you know, or get him to sign number one in the trade and that's it. But no, it's like it was like all the whole fucking run of the goddamn huntress and i was just like are you fucking shitting me dude like whatever oh oh you know you guys might at least mike might get a kick out of it too and i'm sure brian would if he was around but the fabian nicieza was there so i got him to sign a night thrasher poster and the guy in front of me had some new warriors books too so it, i guess it was refreshing because you know his whole thing was he was trying to ride on the popularity of Deadpool right now because his big sign is like Fabian Nicieza, creator of Deadpool like, you know, come to my line like, you know, <laughs> patronize me basically and stuff like that but it, I guess it was nice to for him to get people that were not necessarily there, you know, ba based on the Deadpool stuff and, and so like, that was kind of cool and he, he talked to me for a really long time like, I, I felt bad because I was like, oh, there's all these people behind me, I better I better go, but, but he was, he was, he was really nice and everything and kind of shot the breeze. Cause I, you know, I just mentioned that we all kind of, well, except for Justin, but I was like, I mentioned most of us like <laughs> new warriors and stuff like that. And, you know, like that, 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 you know, it meant a lot to us and, and, and that kind of stuff. And, and so he was, he, he seemed happy to hear that. Cully Hamner was like, it, it's funny cause I, I was like, laughing about it because you know how we always laugh about how like twitter is canon or whatever but it's like cully hamner did that mosaic poster with john stewart and like what's funny is i guess what he was telling me was the truth because he he basically said man i haven't seen one of these in 20 years and and then we got into the conversation about jeff johns i just posted it in there but like his tweet status where Jeff Johns is like, hey, I found one of these. And, you know, again, on the tweet, you can see Cully Hamner is like, I haven't seen, you know, one of these in 20 years. And and so, you know, Johns is like, it took me a bunch of months to find one. And it was like expensive and all this other stuff. So I had that poster and then and then, you know, he signed it and everything. But but I guess technically, strictly speaking, he still hadn't seen it in 20 years, like not physically, you know. So I guess maybe I was the guy who brought one that he actually saw in person. I hope you didn't meet any rude or ignorant Southerners, Derek. No, no. I think it, I, I think I, say, if I, so, I, I, I think no, no. I th I think everybody was pretty pretty damn friendly, you know. So I I I had a good time. I mean, I I, I know a lot of people were already kind of like, when are we gonna do something else, or when are we gonna do the next one, or or whatever. And you know, I I know there was some commentary about can we do something in a different city, you know, in a different you know, venue or something like that to not repeat ourselves. But I, I think if somebody said, hey, let's go do Heroes Con next year, I mean, 
I I wouldn't really be opposed to it. Did you pick up any toys or anything like that? I did not pick up any toys because it was it was kind of ridiculous like how much my backpack was bursting when I was coming back anyway because I had, you know, brought a binder with all those folded up posters and I had my little tube and everything. I ended up buying an art portfolio, you know, to fill up like some of those 11 by 17 sleeves of some of the prints I had got there. And then mostly what I spent money on were either, you know, donating to whatever their little, you know, cause was when I got something signed or, you know, spending money on actual like prints or books or whatever. Like, cause I, I did buy those first two trades of love and capes. I did buy one of the friends of the, the fire and water guys. His name's Luke Dobb. Like I bought some of his books because he had like, there there was kind of like a children's book about, you know, don't forget your lunchy. So it was like for like, you know, kids and stuff where it's like, you know, it's like the kid leaves his, his bag lunch at home, but it's like a personified bag lunch. So it has like this adventure to like get back to the, the little kid, you know? So it's kind of cool. Oh yeah. I, I saw that on your picture thing and I was like, I don't know. I'm not familiar with that. So I kind of wondered about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what that was. And then, and then I think one of the other books, I think he just did the art for, but it was, it was basically relating to like Bible studies or Bible stories and stuff like that. So it's like he visually interprets like, you know, you know, Noah and the Ark or, you know, di- different, you know, kind of, you know, stories in the Bible, but, you know, told, I guess, for, for little kids perspectives, you know, like that kind of thing. So, so he, he had, he had both those, like he, he, he did a lot of commissions and he was saying it was, that was a big weekend for commissions and he had little art prints and stuff like that. Like if you go to his store, he's got a lot of cool little like prints and things that were made into t-shirts and stuff like that. The the last day I did end up getting a bunch of like, cause the, the like, it was weird because, like, I got to be honest, there weren't too many deal comic book things going on there. And and it wasn't even until the last day where you, you you started seeing, like, retail things that were even approximating being, like, I, I, I'll say a deal, but in reality, kind of, like, quote-unquote, reasonable prices. Like, because it's like, if I was a big fan of Bowen statues... Like, there was this one place I was like, man, like, they really want to move all this shit because you could tell they had really nice prices on all of it, especially on Sunday when it was the last day, you know? And what I ended up doing was, I it took me a long time to find it, but eventually I found, like, a quarter bin place, like, where they, it was, like, the only freaking dealer in the whole damn thing that had anything selling for a quarter. Of course, I got to be honest, I didn't buy anything from the quarter bin because there wasn't anything in there that I really wanted but but it it, it was kind of frustrating when they have these signs up where it's like five dollars like with an exclamation mark like it's a freaking deal you know to get a comic book for five dollars and i was just kind of like okay but what what i did find was there was a bunch of stuff i looked at on saturday briefly that were in dollar bins and i think on sunday the guy had changed them all to 50 cents like, you know, downgraded it from a dollar to 50 cents. And so then I went back through those and got like, I don't know, maybe like eight comics or, you know, like, you know, not a lot, but it was just basically like, I was thinking of them as like prop comics. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to put these on the spinner rack and they will be like the actual, you know, comics I bought, like basically like, like Avengers 297, you know, that we just talked about or whatever, you know, like things like that. Like, 
So I was just going to put those on that spinner rack that I got. So I did get like a good number of sort of spinner rack comics or whatever. And that also sort of bulked up my, my backpack and everything. But I, I, I think if I tried to buy any action figures or statues or anything crazy, I would have had to like mail them home to myself or something like that. Cause there's, there was no way I was going to be able to carry all that shit with me. This be some spread. Gambit not gonna be playing solitaire tonight. Gambit, what are you doing over here? Talking to yourself in the third person. And what's all this food? Oh, Professor, Gambit have plans tonight. Once Cher shows up, Gambit gonna wine and dine her. Then we gonna listen to Fan Holes, the pop culture podcast made for the fans by the fans. Fan Holes? I'll not have my school turned into a den of debauchery and science fiction trivia. No, Gambit. You'll just have to perform your obscene mating rituals elsewhere. Uh-oh. Sound like the professor getting a little cranky. Gambit think it's time for you to go to bed. What? What are you... Ow! Unhand me at once! Unhand me, you swamp-fed ignoramus! Ah! Relax, mon ami. Gambit just gonna tuck you in real nice. Ah, X-Men, emergency help! Ah, curse you, fan holes! And don't mess with the fan holes! Weekly content on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and fanholespodcast.blogspot.com That damn song is stuck in my head now. Thanks a lot, Pete Holmes. My mind!